Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. The inaugural episode of Hello There. Hello there. I'm JP. Hello there. And I'm David H. Park. And here we are. We've we've kind of got ourselves through WH, a little format mm. today. You've gone up at stupid o'clock to watch this. I've gone up at stupid o'clock to watch this. This is our first on grapple, like kind of purely non-wrestling piece that we've kind of looked at. Right. And it's it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, but how do we find you today, this fine morning on uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi Day? I, I, I'm not a morning person, so I, I apologize to everyone if, if I look like Great Khan, like after a night out on, out on Vegas. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll know what I'm well, talking about. Uh, <laughs> that's an hour-long conversation in and of itself. I didn't see that coming. Well, oh, Great Khan in Las Vegas going nuts. Yeah. I... I, I was not Matt drain covers and stuff in Japan, and he just appears to have gone buck wild in Vegas. Oh, I remember like he's like a big what they call an otaku, you know, nerd. Yeah, and he likes all this like like this waifu shit and yeah. and stuff. So he he's kind of on the perverted side of of that kind of fandom, it seems. So like oh, when yeah. I'm seeing all this shit in Vegas that he's doing, and what part if he's if it's all consenting adults, I don't care. Have yeah. a fucking blast, dude. But I'm not surprised. I was like, oh, <laughs> of course he's doing all this stuff there. I'm wondering if it's that generation of young lions. Because I remember meeting him when he was first coming over to Rev Pro. So yeah. We said there'd be no wrestling, and we're straight into the wrestling. Um, but on the I asked him about Kitamura, because I was like, oh, come on. like This is the guy. I'd, I just thought, oh, he's just going to be a megastar like Kitamura and he was like no he wasn't really into it and then when you follow his Instagram you're like mm, it's just all about boobs that lad it's boobs and bodybuilding and there's yeah. very little else in between and I thought well you're a better man than that he seemed a bit more cultured he seemed like you know take some nice photos when he was in and around town no he's it must be something it's just like they've let it's like they've let them out of a cage in the in I, the I, new I, Japan you know, I, I think the office probably gonna be calling him at some point and say, hey, oh, yeah. have fun, just don't put it on social media. I think they might have to have a word about the burger as well, like because that was just silly what he was trying to eat there. It was just like he's to say he's fully embraced Vegas is a right. is an understatement. But well, something we're we should, get you should try to get Benno to like find him, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we're, we're hearing a few stories from Benno out there in Vegas at there at the same time. I imagine there's going to be a whole load more coming through. But Can I just say something about Benno, though? Like, oh, yes. He's in impeccable camera work by, by that lad. And something that we're talking about that we love. Um, yes. Star Wars. Um, I love Star Wars. Where does your... I mean, this is a... What a question to just drop on you when you're not really long out of bed. But where did the Star Wars... Did it begin in the kind of... I suppose, what is the extent of your Star Wars fandom? I don't know. How do we start with it? Because it'd be like, have you seen Star Wars? To which the answer is fucking obviously. But like five years old, 1977, first movie I ever saw in cinemas. Went with my, <gasps> my father, went with my brother, and I've never looked back. I I fell in love with cinema through. I'm gonna say the two things I fell in love with cinema with were 
for Star Wars mm-hmm. and and James Bond on network television. And, oh, wow. Which Bond? Out of curiosity, uh, Roger Moore. Roger Moore yeah. was my was my my first Bond because like he was the contemporary Bond. Yes, yeah. when I was when I started watching Bond, and then back then, you know, like they're, what they're showing reruns of, like you know, the Connery stuff. So you know, from Russia with Love and Doctor No and and Goldfinger and all that stuff. But like for me, as as I'm starting to see Bond in theaters, it's it's Roger Moore's, you know, Bond films. I think my first Bond film in theaters was For Your Eyes Only, which is a great Bond film to start with. Yeah, because uh, it's the most like a Connery film. Um, yeah, but I like all the you know kind of like slapstick of, of roger moore's kind of bond i appreciate i i mean i think the spy love me is one of the best bond films of all time so oh i and, and to be to be honest like i mean I'm, i'd be of the roger roger moore generation as well so i think it was octopussy it might well have been that i saw because my dad had got it out so it was one of these things where he was into it. i'm assuming your daddy was you know into was it a thing now then between you uh you know you, your brother, and your dad, like terms. Yeah, I mean, it came to like Empire and Jedi. No, at some point, my my like I like my dad just gave up taking us to films. Like, <laughs> like I have vivid memories of seeing the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve with him ah. and my brother, and and the the Disney movie, The Black Hole, which is yeah for a Disney film that's fucking frightening. That's a yeah. Film. <laughs> Fuck, I remember that. Um, but at some point, it's like you know my. You know, like, and this is like the seventies and eighties. So, like, um, like they just said, you told my brother, you take him to movies. You go together by yourselves. We're we're too busy, and we're just going when, like, when we're like, you know, for you know, you know, of an age like I'm ten, he's twelve, yeah, or fourteen, twelve. You know, and then he's two years older than me, and then he's just, and we're just like going to movies by ourselves or with maybe our one of our one of my cousins who's like about the same age as my brother so it's like oh there's three of you it'll be fine like i can't even imagine doing that now in 2022 with kids but it, at the time it was fine right so we i i remember lining up to see empire strikes back i didn't know the reveal you know uh i i i saw empire strikes back eight times in the theater I saw you didn't have a Jedi. Homer Simpson character do what he did. No, so no. He just walks no, along no, no, telling no. everyone, I can't believe that. I can't believe he's, <laughs> yeah. Um, Darth uh, I saw Return of the Jedi like maybe 10 times in the theaters. I wow. just went to go see it again and again and again because this is like, you know, the 80s and I there's no fucking VHS at this. Yeah. Even, no VCRs even at this time in my household. And you can imagine when we got Free Blockbuster as well. So you wouldn't have had multiple copies even oh, God, at the no. at the video no. store. You wouldn't no, have had was, those. In. I my first video store was just like this mom and pop operation. You know, <laughs> I was like, hey, this is so, this is so cool. I, I did. They also have wrestling videotapes. They did. Call yeah. some video. <laughs> so you they had the, out like they they had the, you, you know, no you know they had they had the fucking Pro Wrestling Illustrated Lords of the Ring. Oh. All this like NWA, I think Memphis and stuff on it, and I was just like, "What? What's this?" Because like, I my only exposure was WWF, but we, yeah. I, you know, I grew up in Toronto, so like we, yeah, that's... briefly had like some NWA like stuff, like you know, with, with you know, with I think the Tunnies promoted NWA stuff before they went exclusive with the with with the with McMahon and, and stuff like that. So yeah, we're we're talking about wrestling, even though we're not, uh, we're just here to do Star Wars, but. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's easily done though for that, but that's incredible. You got to see. I mean, I have to. I think of the Star Wars films. I got to see Jedi in the cinema. 
I didn't get to see Star Wars, or um, but my dad did take my brother and sister to go and see Empire um, Strikes Back as well, much in the same way he took them to an FA Cup final and he didn't take me. He, it's an annoyance now with the benefit of hindsight, but I do understand the idea of not trying to take a small child to the cinema because I've done that with my kids and it's no laughing matter. But this is, you know, it's we're talking old Star Wars. I mean, just to throw yeah. in there as well, when it came to the prequels being released, did you were you the same as me when you first saw Phantom Menace, which we were talking about beforehand? That might be something to get into as well. Well, well, in between, like I got into the Marvel comics, uh, ah. Star Wars. I collected the the like so Star Wars. The comic versions were first published by Marvel Comics in the seventies, mm. and I got started collecting those because I started collecting comics when I was very young as well, and I still collect comics to this day. And and so like that's how. I got into kept going with my fandom with Star Wars, and I, I one thing I, I should preface this with is I love the lore of Star Wars. I love the mm. world building of Star Wars. So you know, I'm reading the books in in what would become called the expanded universe. So the mm. Timothy Zahn books of like the heir to the Force with Grand Admiral Thrawn and characters like this, and 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 so like i i like anything that expands the world building of star wars so yeah. when i saw the friend of Menace, i was very excited about it you know and then i saw it and i'm like okay well this is shit jar jar binks uh and and, and this other stuff is terrible but but the stuff they did with expanding the lore of the jedi and the sith mm. i loved it i loved almost everything about it like i love the idea of what they call padawans the apprentices and the the, the grades that go from padawan to knight to master in the jedi and then they they they, they explore the the rule of two with the sith there's yeah. only two right and so i i love all that stuff the, the probably the one thing i could have done without is the fucking um the midichlorian stuff oh. i think that's dumb like i i don't want it to be genetic the the ability to wield the force shouldn't necessarily be genetic it should be kind of a spiritual thing i feel but that's just me but um but yeah so phantom menace yes really down there in terms of like where i grade the the, the if we're going to just talk about the nine skywalker saga films mm. you know episodes one through nine like it's it's way down there um mm. probably just it's probably number nine in first like oh yeah preference. but i i i love darth maul i love I love, I like Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. I fucking like, great. Uh, but, you know, then, then after that's probably Rise of Skywalker. I just think that's not very good either. <laughs> but I like certain aspects of, of that film as well. And I think that's it. I think it's when you're like kind of invested in that world as well. Um, like as much as anything else. Because like you, there are these small little bits of those prequels, which I think you kind of, you take away from it. And like the latter, the most recent, uh, trilogy set of, set of sequels as well but I mean, another thing as well and we don't know and this is going to be the interesting thing and probably when we get in some of the easter eggs of obi-wan kenobi that we're both big fans of the clone wars series yes. the dave filoni series and dave filoni being like effectively star wars is kevin kevin feig like he's like he uh, he, he became the guardian of star wars mm -hmm. that george george lucas kind of dropped that mantle long like mm. with the prequels i know from many people's eyes and then dave filoni developed you know the clone wars first as a movie and then as a tv show and then he's yeah. the one i think pretty much universally many fans would say um 
is the person who gets Star Wars what Star Wars yeah. should be in many fans' eyes. And and I would say, like, have you watched have you watched Rebels? So I've seen some of Rebels, but not like a whole lot. Rebels is one where I'm I'm probably like the sketchiest. Of. I would I would say Rebels is is like as good as, as much as I like Clone Wars, mm. and I and I and I really like Clone Wars a lot for the most part. Um, I think I love Rebels. When you get past season, like season one becomes very much like Mission of the Week, mm. but it leads up to the finale, and the finale is great. But season two, three, and four are amazing consistently amazing in how they expand star wars lore um the use of like established characters mm. that we see from the original from the from from the prequel trilogy from the original trilogy they all appear in, in, in rebels and um yeah and, and like one of the things that that comes through from from that series that that carries over into this obi-wan kenobi series that we're going to talk about is the inquisitors so that's the first appearance of the inquisitors is in is in star wars rebels See, that was it. And, and I was fascinated to see. And that's also one of the reasons why I kind of, you know, when we were speaking beforehand, um, like part of the, the genesis of this is that we we're both watching The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. And every time we would record, we'd order it. Or every time we were we were having a chat, we would always kind of get into it and chat about it. It was like, well, we need to do this to cover it as well. Um, so like I like when I saw Cad Bane appear in like season two of the mandalorian and we both have serious issues with that which hopefully at, at some point we'll get into on that i mean well. you were, were talking about you, you said season no no like you mean book of boba fett, book season, of boba two fett. Man, yeah. season two of the mandalorian, mandalorian is amazing yeah it is book of boba fett is like you know it's like season three of the me. mandalorian just without the mandalorian for large yeah. parts of it and it kind yeah. of gets back and the depiction of Book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett in Book of Boba Fett. We both have issues, let alone the mods, which hopefully to Christ, we won't see any of those types of characters appear here. But no, God. we're here to talk about um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So yeah. hopefully at the end, you're going to have some uh, recommendations um, yeah. in, in the way of in the way of books, which is which is going to be fantastic. Now, we should say at the time of recording, it's been out for approximately, I want to say about sort of five, six hours or so yeah. for, for both of us. And we've both managed to fit this in. I watched um, it before I went to bed, so like, so I watched oh, it did like you? midnight to like two a.m. So I was like, okay, and then I, I took very. I was so excited, like I, I was. It was very hard for me to fall asleep. So that's why it's like it's just sounds energetic as usual. It's just I'm not a morning person. You're not. Morning... I've only had like five hours of sleep. So oh. God, God bless you as well. Like I say, uh, as everyone knows, I'll be off camping tomorrow. So it's like one of these things where I've managed to fit it in. But if I get anything past like eight o'clock tonight, I'd be absolutely stunned. Because I think I'm going to end up watching this again with my girlfriend, who's also a massive Star Wars fan. So like, we're, we're she's she's been asking me what it's like. And I'm like, I can't tell you. You're going to be watching it later on today. So so yeah. It, it, just don't it, end up like, mm -hmm. you know, on your camping trip, just don't end up like, like that kill list film. You know, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, no. <laughs> oh Christ, no! None of that, none of that on here. So, what we're going to be doing in terms of the format is very for those of you who listen to um, MCU later on yeah. on post wrestling. Um, one of the the ways it is 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 you know, and I'm very much like as I've said, the Poundland version of, of waiting here. No, 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 no. Going go, going through the uh, the recap of of the show as well, and then we'll be we'll be talking a bit about it. Um, so both of these obviously they're on Disney Plus. It starts off with. Um, to the first episode because they launched two this morning. It's going to be out then every Wednesday. I was reading, which has kind of taken I, me I, by is, surprise. I, is, I, 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 I seem to think they said Friday. 
it's every Friday. June f- oh, okay. I so I'd read something. It was June first is the next one. Uh, so it's like kind of next week. So we'll have to see about it. We're going to have a regular time on the weekend where we'll be where we'll be doing this show, and and you know, hopefully having a few guests, and then you know, if you've got any feedback. Pop it into us as well. This is going to be also go. This is going to be going out on the on the free feed. So we're going to be we're going to be hitting people, wrestling fans, with big kind of Star Wars content, which is what they should have. Okay, um, so June first, like I'm looking at Wikipedia, is June first, June. So it's every, I guess it's every Wednesday then. Yeah. So, so we're back on the Disney Plus kind of. They love a Wednesday release for they everything. Do. They do. I don't know what's going to happen when, when this overlaps with Miss Marple. I have to cover that with Way. Yeah, <laughs> that's Tuesday it. Oh, you're going to be like it's going to be like your Wednesdays are going to be dictated then between you. Like you're never you're never going to yeah. be getting away from. God help if somebody doesn't start paying for like Disney Plus. Well, um, I mean, as long as I'm not having to fucking cover like fucking House of Torture fucking matches on New Japan for wrestling, it's fine. Don't. I, 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 and if you want to hear more about that, you would have hear hear, hear the uh, the Karen Peterson show where we we briefly get into House of Torture. I bite my lip. That's basically. I I you know I'm sure she's listening. Yeah. You know, but like, listen, like it's it's all shit. <laughs> it's House of Shit. <laughs> I make no apologies. People can like whatever they want, but I'm also allowed to like dislike whatever I want <laughs> and be open about it too. Oh, they. They ruin everything they touch. Rather, rather like um, I'm just trying to think, uh, Jar Jar Binks or, or oh, along, along those lines, the Jar Jar Binks of New Japan. But something that isn't Jar Jar Binks is well, actually, you talk speaking about him. The opening of Obi Wan Kenobi into mm-hmm. there is we got like a really nice recap of effectively the prequel, yeah, which was which was interesting and a. And a blast in the past. So we had, you know, uh, Obi Wan first. We had him when he it was Obi Wan, who's beardless at this point. Like, it's Padawan, young Ewan McGregor. Yes, still, still a Padawan. Padawan. At this point, yeah, we get it through the the night phase of him being a uh, wearing a mullet. <laughs> yep, and the po- and that that awful ponytail, which is never a good look. Um, uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's a Padawan haircut, right? With the ponytail and then the braid. That's that's a Padawan thing. So, it, I think it's cool. I think it, it harkens back to like the samurai roots of, of the, mm. what the Jedi concept is supposed to be derived from. You know, they call them Jedi Knights, but the Jedi are, you know, based on samurais, based yeah. on the films of Kurosawa, right? So, and and because that's you know, one thing I I want to say I love about Star Wars is I love the cinematic, you know. The history it draws from different cinema, cinematic genres, westerns and samurai films, especially, but also like World War II films. is It's so like all the Death Star trench run, all the X-wing fighter stuff is mm. is from war films. It's from aerial it, battle films, right? So, and it's that thing about Lucas being that first in that first wave of film graduates from UCLA, isn't it? Where they were cine literate, they were the ones who were watching French New Wave, and so he had those kind of and. That, that's the thing that ultimately I think leads to the success of Star Wars is understanding what to take from the Western genre, what to take from sci-fi. And like you mentioned about like kind of of, of war films. Well, who, who's who, who's in his like group of friends from that era? Yeah. Like Spielberg, Coppola, yep. Scorsese, Brian De Palma. It's like, and these, these, and then he's the one. You know, one thing I want to say about George Lucas is that he, he is probably the most successful independent filmmaker of all time. 
because mm. Star Wars it's released by originally released by released distributed by 20th Century Fox, but it's produced and owned wholly by Lucasfilm, which he owns. He he owned before the sale to Disney. So that really he's an independent filmmaker, and he's the most he successful is. independent filmmaker because he no one dictated to him. This is how you're gonna make Star Wars. It's like no, I own Star Wars, lock, sock, and barrel. <laughs> so I do whatever I want with it, and I have the it, money. So, and and what's interesting as well, even before that, is American Graffiti is one of the largest, like kind of biggest, like had the biggest, like kind of cost to profit ratios around that point in mm -hmm. time, wasn't it? And you know, this is someone who box office success was all always there, but. So he imagine if he actually ended up making Apocalypse Now instead of Coppola, because like that was Coppola's idea was he's, he was going to direct Apocalypse Now. George Jesus, Lincoln. that would be mental. I don't know what would what we'd get. I don't think we'd be getting four hour cuts of it. I don't think we'd be getting a front French plantation scene in a, in Apocalypse Now Redux later on. That's a that's a what that's a sliding doors moment if ever there yeah. was one. Like really, when I saw when I saw that documentary, I was like, and then he says, "Oh yeah, I just don't want George to do this." Like Francis Ford Coppola is saying this, and I'm like, <laughs> "Really? It's <laughs> crazy." Okay, but it's okay. We got Star Wars instead. We did. So. And and before we get into the recaps, up like by the way, obviously heavy spoilers. Watch the show beforehand before yeah. before before we going into these because we're going to be don't going. Compl into don't complain to us if you if you're like, oh, I didn't know there's going to be spoilers. It's like it's like I I am going to take a shower. I know it's going to get wet. It's like yeah, come on, come yeah. On. There's 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 not knowing, and then there's and then there's just like kind of willful ignorance. Like watch it beforehand, guys, for this as well. Sounds like I'm having a pop at them already. So, yeah, we're going to go through uh, a, lot, a lot of the plot on here as well. So we had the kind of opening up and we, um, in terms of the, you know, the recap of everything else, getting up to Order 66. Oh, yeah. We then go forward to kind of 10 years later. And you've mentioned them already. Um, one of the first things we see is the Inquisitors. The Inquisitors, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I want to briefly just. I just want to briefly touch upon Order sixty six. Obviously, this oh, yeah. is like you know the, the the plan of of Darth Sidious, aka Emperor Palpatine, to destroy the Jedi is like he's implanted chips in all the clone troopers, like and they vastly outnumber the Jedi at this point, right? So, um, and it, he activates Order sixty six, and this is an order where all the clone troopers will exterminate Jedi's on sight. So, and it, it's greatly depicted here. But it's also really well done the way it's depicted in, say, for example, mm -hmm. the Bad Batch, the 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 the, um, the TV show, the Bad Batch, with uh, how we get the character of of uh, Kanan Jarrus, who's yeah. the star, one of the stars of you know the Rebels animated TV show. So we see the depiction of Order sixty six with his master and and him. Mm -hmm. That's great for me as a fan. I was like, but then I was like, oh, but this invalidates how it's depicted in the in the Kanan. Uh, Marvel graphic novel. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, always remember what happens on screen trumps what happens on page in any yeah. format. So, but um, then, then, yeah, and then we get into our our, our first appearance live action of the Inquisitors, and uh, and I I'm assuming this is the Grand Inquisitor played by Rupert Friend is the same character because they look this like the same species. In, in Rebels, which happens about, I would say, eight years later. If, if Leia and Luke are 10 years old mm. at, the, in the, at the beginning of this show, of, 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 Ken of the Kenobi show, um, Rebels 
takes about place maybe oh sorry takes about maybe six years later because i think mm -hmm. leia appears in rebels and she's about 16 and and so luke would also be about 16 years old yeah and i think star i think new hope it's it suggests that they're about 18 19 years old right yeah like luke and leia right so this is our first appearance of the the, the grand Inquis grand inquisitor but uh he's he's first introduced I'm assuming it's the same character, but like after the events of episode two, I don't, I don't know. Now I'm not sure, but he's played by, he's voiced by, you know, great character, British character actor Jason Isaacs in in Rin Rebels, and you know that's 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 so cool. Like I look at Jason Isaacs, I'm like, if I was an actor, I want his career. He's he's been fucking Harry Potter, not not a huge Harry Potter fan, but he's been Harry Potter. He's done a character like a massive character for Star Wars, and he's been in Star, he's been this character in Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, that guy's hit every fucking nerd, you know, fandom around. Like the only one, the only other person would be like Ming Na Wen, who's been like, fuck, she's a Marvel character. Yep. She's she's a fucking Disney princess. She's she's a Star Wars character of significance. That's the thing. You want to be a Star Wars character of significance. You want to be like, you know, Fennec Shand, or you want to be like fucking the Mandalorian. You don't want to be like yeah. the 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 uh, you know. What's his name? Benny Safdie, one of the the directors of the Uncut Gems. You don't be his. You don't be like that character. You don't want that. You don't want a cameo. You want to be a significant Star Wars character, in my opinion. So or flee from fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. You, you, know, you don't want to be. Well, you don't want to be like that. So I I was getting very much a Back to the Future two and three vibe when Flea had appeared during that during this episode, and you're thinking already Flea's in it. Yeah. Fleas in it. It's wild. Um, but I thought it was it was something that was heavily in the trailers was uh, with the Grand Inquisitors and their arrival on on Tatooine and like kind of fascinating where he like effectively he he comes in like sort of taunting the patrons in one of the Tatooine bars saying about how he's he's looking for Jedi. We find out a bit more about them uh, later on from Obi Wan as well. Um, although. Like the of the three uh, who are on there, um, it, it's it's a case where we have we see the introduction of a third sister, um, third sister, yeah, yeah, who has a like fixation on finding Obi Wan Kenobi, and it, yeah. it feels like this is going to be like part of a big driving force of of this series. Um, what did you think of this opening scene? Just in terms of like yeah, setting it, up, was it was it what you would have expected from this series? It it reminds me a lot of like you know Western film, and mm. or also like a Shaw Brothers film where like you know they're going into like a tavern and, and they're looking for a certain person or they're gonna have some kind of confrontation in one of these things. Um, what one thing I we should mention is that I think is it fifth brother, the other Inquisitor, who's not played by Moses Ingram. Liz Ingram is Riva, the third sister, right? Um, but there's like a, another, there's Grand Inquisitor, there's Riva, both played by Moses Ingram, and then there's uh, another Inquisitor. I think he's fifth brother. Because uh, mm -hmm. they, they call each other third sister, fifth brother, second brother, like things like this. Um, played by one of Thanos' favorite actors, uh, Sun Kang, who is Han from the Fast and the Furious. Uh, that was him. <laughs> franchise. That was him. That was, I was like, who? Oh, someone who's never seen a Fast and Furious franchise, something I've bloody well heard about is Han. Yeah, it's Han, right? Because like you know, Benno's, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, Han was right. You know, like he's got his hashtag <laughs> oh. Justice for Han. His, justice for Han, 
right? And you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think Benno's a Star Wars fan. I don't know if he's gonna watch this because this has lightsabers and not light tubes. So definitely Benno's yeah. not watching this. If it had light tubes, he'd probably watch it. But listen, Benno's well, he's off to GCW to tonight at well, time of recording. So yeah, I hope, I hope he's got a positive COVID test. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Something we'll hopefully get onto when we when it could be a solo weekend show. It could be doing it with someone else. It'll be a, that'll yeah. be a, that'll be a story we get into on that one. But but it you know like it it's again it's like I feel like I'm sure Sun Kang is it's like oh my god it could be like a guy wields a red lightsaber in in this thing awesome like that's a character you would if you're an actor you wouldn't want it you want to be one of these characters yeah. right like like something who's cool like one of the Sith. they're not Sith so the Inquisitors are not Sith. Just mm. so it's 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 very important to distinguish in in the Sith lore. There's only two. There's the master and the apprentice. So at this in this the rule timeline, of two, the rule of two. It's it, which is established by a great character by the name of Darth Bane. So you know the master holds the power and the apprentice covets the power. And it's always understood that the apprentice it wants to eventually assert mm. the master. So like at some point, like you know Palpatine expects you know Darth Vader too, like try to take him out and stuff and, and like you know to become the, the master and then create his own uh, apprentice but the the Sith the so the Inquisitors are not Sith there's only so it's Sidious and Vader are the only two Sith these are force users and a lot of them are former Jedi that have been that have been corrupted into the dark side but there's a character from the Clone Wars named Asajj Ventress who's a dark side user who's like you know who's the apprentice of Count Dooku who's the mm. apprentice to to Darth Sidious, to, to Palpatine in the time of the Clone Wars. And so, but she's not Sith. She, she likes to think of herself as Sith, but they make like both, both Darth Sidious and, and the Count Dooku, like Darth Tyrannus. I love these Sith things, by the way. I just want to say, I I, they're, fuck, I, they're fucking awesome. Darth Bane, what a fucking great name. That yeah. Is. Oh, but, I, when you mentioned Assange Ventress, they're a big smile went up on my father. Oh, so, but she's not, but she's like kind of like the, the prelude. You know, the, like a prelude character, you know, a, a concept to to the Inquisitors. So she's a fourth user. She's a she's part of the dark side of the Force, and she's but she's not Sith. She's an apprentice to one of the Sith. So the 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 Inquisitors are kind of apprentices to primarily to Darth Vader. In 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 Rebels, it's very it's very clear that he's the leader of the Inquisitors. And then and when they appear in the in the current Marvel comics, in the Darth Vader comics, and they appear. Mm -hmm. That he's in charge of the Inquisitor program, like that's something Palpatine gives to him. Says that's that's your you do that because you're hunting the Jedi. That's your job. My job is to run the galaxy and be evil, and your job is to like you know because like Vader is his like his you know his is the, the military leader of the Imperial mm -hmm. forces along with I would say Grand Moff Tarkin. You know, Grand Moff Tarkin is the like the kind of political and military leader of of the empire and mm. Darth Vader is, you know, he's the fist of the empire. And that's what it kind of his nickname is. And at least in the comics is this called, he's the fist of the, the empire, mm. right? So he's the enforcer, but he has command over all of, you know, the, not so much in the, in his early days, like this is very established, like the military commanders can like some, some of them don't have to, you know, take shit from Vader so yeah. much, but by the time of new, by the time of new hope and by the time of empire, Vader doesn't take to take shit from any of the admirals, captains, generals, nothing. They all listen to it. But like, what, what's interesting? I, I'm, I'm just jumping all over the place. But what is oh, no, you're fine. One, one thing, what I think I love about you know the original Star Wars is the relationship of Tarkin and Vader because yeah. Tarkin is not afraid of Vader. 
because he knows he's protected by the emperor like the emperor relies on me and i have favor with the empire and but, but it's very clear they're friends vader and tarkin as odd as it seems are friends they're not rivals they are friends and it's something as well that they played into in the clone war series as well with the younger grand moff um tarkin like yeah didn't they that they, they, they played into that as well and for some of us of a certain general i mean it was it was also part of of rogue it was part of uh rogue one as well wasn't it that they'd is it rogue one where they'd created the they'd done the um like the peter cushing effectively entirely cg character is that the, yeah the, that was the, it they, that was yeah which, but which i i thought was fine like i like, i did deep fake is is like a still a wonky process and i i i personally i don't want them to ever perfect it because that that's that real life applet consequences of deep fake becoming perfect is like scary as hell oh it's terrifying um but yeah so the inquisitors they work for vader they hunt the jedi so the jedi have been scattered after order 66 but there's a lot of surviving jedi out there if you if you play you know star wars fallen order you know or if, if you if you watch oh, yeah. rebels there's a lot of jedi still out there um trying to survive in in this case in in obi-wan kenobi obi-wan is is trying to survive on tatooine because he has a responsibility to look after luke the son of his best friend anakin skywalker which is it how did you feel about the setup of it the way they set out what obi-wan has been doing in this time is it's effectively he's he's working um he's working in the fish factory how do you say it nicely? He looks like he's there, there is like you see it in the in the middle of the desert. There's like a a, a gigantic. It's a sandworm, from what I understand. Sand, oh, it's a sandworm. So it's a, it is meat that it is that that there. Yeah, there. Yes, it's it's. I just it thought, looks oh, like salmon. That's what I. It got does. I, I thought that's what was. I was like laughing because this is like Tsukichi fish market in Tokyo. Like yeah. you know, he's he's basically a fishmonger essentially that's, right so. that's exactly what i thought and then there was a part of me because it was like 6 a.m i thought i'm actually quite hungry i could eat some salmon right now i thought it, it just seems too early like i've very rarely had, had salmon. But he's like he's like and like so he's he's, he's working on this in this mm. mark in this kind of factory that's attached to the carcass of the sandworm which is just incredible to me um and then he's always like just always stealing a little bit for his for his um yopi that's uh, the, the animal that he rides in, in, in the series. And this comes from, I think, the, the book that I will actually recommend mm -hmm. later, um, the, which is part of those Star Wars non-canon anymore. It's, it's been invalidated. Like um, what we used to call the expanded universe, which was the novels and the comics. And these were considered canon until they were invalidated by anything that happened on screen. Uh, it's now called Legends because when Kathleen Kennedy and Disney took over Star Wars from George Lucas, they said, all that stuff that you grew up in the last 20 years reading and believing in it's gone it's out the window and you know it had to be that way because you could not do a sequel trilogy of any kind with yeah. all that all that continuity and all that history with with these books so like people i have a i have a fondness for a lot of the eu but there's also a lot of the eu like i'm glad they got rid of I fucking hated the Yuzhan Vong. I fucking hated that concept. And if you don't know what the Yuzhan Vong is, just trust me, you don't need to know. It's shit. Is it still I, on I, Wikipedia? Oh, Yuzhan Vong? Yeah, it's because it's they had on Wiki, Wikipedia, they have like canon tab and, non and, and, yeah. and, 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 and legends tab. So, you know. Yeah. But but anyways, I, I, I love the setup of like what he's been doing. Mm. He's, he's, he's not a Jedi. He doesn't want to. He can't be a Jedi anymore. 
he's just he because his his sense of duty towards Luke overcomes like his sense of duty of being a Jedi. So mm. He has to hide. He has to hide. He has to be able to be be there for Luke if if anything should happen to him. If like he's like what Owen Owen Lara says, Luke's uncle says he's showing. He's not. You want to know if he's showing? He's showing in the Force. Like if that happens, like they people are probably inquisitors will come after him because they'll probably try to recruit him mm -hmm. and if if vader learns about him what's this kid what's this new kid's name oh luke skywalker what? yeah then, then it's it's done for right so. which is which is always i mean and they built up in the trailers as well we're going to talk about vader as well like kind of making the appearance but I, I mean i was yeah i was going to ask you in terms of the the overall setup we see him like he's kind of still tortured by nightmares of his past um you know calls out for qui-gon he isn't there there's he has an interaction with the jawa where he buys um like uh what is it a belt from a jedi ship um so it's he doesn't buy the belt which i assume is maybe his ship that he abandoned yes. to get to tattooing and that's his whole jedi belt mm. he buys a a model toy of that's... the, the, the skyhopper that luke plays with in in, ep in episode four that we've seen paying with when he's talking with c-3po and r2d2 um so that's that's something he he flies in in you know like that he refers to in in like flying through beggars canyon and you know hit, hitting womp brats at like i forget how many meters don't don't get on my case oh it's Five five hundred meters. Don't you know that? Shut the fuck up. No, I don't know every <laughs> fucking detail. Okay, I know the the grant. Like I know enough details. I don't need to know that shit. But um, that's that's he brings that toy, and this is actually comes from uh, a scene from the the, the comic books, the, the Marvel comic books, and and there's a scene of that, and this is this leads to a confrontation with Owen Lars, and this is something mm. that happens in the comics as well, but. At this in the comics, it's like they're much older. I'd say they're probably ten years older than than what's depicted here. So, and I, I want to say I think it was great that they got Joel Edgerton to come. Oh, to, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't surprise if he's somehow involved in any of the writing and directing at various points as well, because he's he's it, that's something that he's really broad. I'm a big joel edgerton fan like i know he's been doing even music videos but that's going back to like animal kingdom was the first time i really kind of became aware and the underrated mma film uh warrior as well mm. but seeing him here and there is a point where i mean and the cg is slightly ropey where they've almost like added him on as lars like kind of at the at the very beginning like when it's the flashback scene of dropping off like luke like yeah. as a baby but, but but he plays but he plays lars, oh, lars he did. In, in both attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. that's he he played that character oh, wow. in, the, in the prequels so oh, i thought it was i thought it was great that they brought him that's why i say they brought him back i'm sure they said <sighs> hey do you want to play on lars in this kenobi show you're gonna do a lot of scenes with you mcgregor he's probably like fuck yeah i've got clear my schedule i i thought yeah i'm gonna be i'll be there i'm gonna be in star wars sure and like he's a pivotal character like i think we only see the gruffy Owen Lars, you know, in, in New Hope, where Luke just wants to escape from him. He seems like a domineering kind of father figure to him. But, like, I, I want to see, like, you know, the Owen Lars that, you know, like, I want to see, you know, Amperu. They got the original, the actors who played Amperu in Attack of the Clones and, and, uh, and Revenge of the Sith. She's also back 
as Emperor in this series, oh, wow. which I think is great. So, um, like, I want to see like them, like being affectionate towards Luke, and just like we don't, we like. I, I want to see. I think the main motivation I want to see from Owen Lars is like I don't want you to take Luke away from me. I don't want him to train because he's my son. Yeah, like, I love him. He's part of my family. And, like, I want to see like Emperor, like just say it would kill his aunt if he was taken away from us because she, they don't have their own kids. He is their son essentially. Mm -hmm. And they raised him like their, their own son. It's, it's like, you know, when we get to another part, which I, by the way, I did not see this coming. When we get to Alderaan. Yeah. And we see a 10 year old <laughs> princess Leia. I, I was like, Whoa, Leia's in this. I did not know that. Well, that's like the first kind of like, you mention it there. And that's like a really, like almost it's the driving force of the two episodes. You, if you watch the trailer, you're thinking, okay, it's Obi-Wan on Tatooine having to defend Luke effectively at this stage, watching over him. But then like you, uh, like you just mentioned there, and th there is at the very beginning, we did mention as well, like there's an interaction Obi-Wan has with a Jedi that we see in the scene at the very beginning with the Inquisitors called Nari, um, who, spoiler alert, is, is killed later on and and we also see obi-wan like kind of rejecting it and say well the jet the jedi are gone um oh he says those as for the he goes he says the jedi lost like it's it's just like that's it yeah. and then we later on see see nari and that appears to be like kind of like an impetus for obi-wan to come back but yeah we end up in alderaan um and there's a trick which you know very clearly like developed from from their mother um, from Leia's mother, where she has one of her um, servant girls dress up as her, so she yes. can she can go and hide. And this from, is, of course, um, we're talking about, we're talking about, we're talking about Padme, played by now. We are talking Portman. about Padme. Yes. So I thought I, there's a lot of Easter eggs, like those, like really subtle ones. Mm. I'm like, oh, she's like Padme, like, and and, and Obi Wan mentions this like later in episode two. Like, you remind me of somebody, and you know he really wants to tell her. Yeah, you remind me of your your mother, your yeah. real mother, your birth mother, and you know, like I think one of the the, the the things I would love to see explored in expanded universe, like live action, like expanded universe, is Leia, dis Leia and Luke discovering who Padme was. Yeah. You know, all we we know they know about Anakin Skywalker and Vader, and they have to reconcile them their their relationship with him. But I want to see them discover, especially Luke. Like you never hear about what he knows about. Padme, mm. you know, and I think it would be really fascinating if like they went to like Naboo and they discovered like what, who she was and how important she was in the old Republic and things like that. Like that, that's something I would love to see somehow. Like I they kind of done it in comics, but they've never done it live action. I'd like to see it somehow do it in either animated form or, or live action. But yeah, so we, I agree. We're jumping all over the place. So we are. We're, but that's we're all right because that's true yeah. grapple fashion. Like, right on post, you're going to have that. That obviously that better level of organization. Unfortunately, with me, yeah. that's always going to go all over the place. But so, yeah, you were surprised by them going to Alderaan. What did you think overall in terms of the setup of of um, of? We don't Leia really see Alderaan too much, like in mm. any any of the like live action or even the animated shows. Excuse me. We we don't really see what Alderaan is like. Per se. So this is great. I think it it, it it fits my image of what I think Alderaan is meant to be. And it's like this very peaceful planet and it's like beautiful and lush. And what's what's the word? Verdant. It's, you know, it's a lot of greenery, 
things like that. It's a, it's a beautiful place for, for a young child to grow up on. It's, it's a contrast. And I think it's, the contrast is like, this is how Leia grew up. Leia grew up in, in high society. She's the daughter of the, the, the queen of Alderaan. And, you know, it's, it's political representative in the Galactic Senate, the Imperial Senate in Bail Organa. I hope to Christ we don't see that place ever again, but that's a personal scarring from the Phantom Menace. So, <laughs> so and and so this is contrast with Tatooine, right? Mm. With, where, where Luke grows up on like, in a desert, he's a moisture farmer. He leads a very hard life with with his parents. But one thing I, I like is that you see like both both sets of kids are, you know, both kids are are raised by people who love them. Who accept them as as their own kids, you know. I, I think one of the weird things is that like Leia's perfectly hidden because she's just like she's she's Leia Organa, but you know Luke's on Tatooine. I'm Luke Skywalker. Yeah, <laughs> I never understood why they kept his name. You know, like retroactively, is it doesn't really make that much sense. Like why you if, wouldn't change his name if you're in the galactic version of the Witness Protection Program. You change the name. And again, yeah. sorry to bring up another Simpsons reference, like with the Thompsons or something like that. They appear to have had issues possibly in terms of trying to change his name to, I don't know, Y Stalker even, or just like that. And they're just like, no, we're not buying this whatsoever. Or just call him like, you know, Luke, Luke Lars and just say, yeah. no, he's our, like, you know, like Leia is, I think she, she knows she's adopted. Right? Yeah. It's very clear she knows she's adopted. Well, she has the interaction, and there's another sequence in this. She has the interaction with her cousin, who yeah. says that she's not a real or um, a, real a real little or, prick too. And like, oh, he's a dick. He's a dick, little brat. Anyways, um, but but and then, but she's she, brutal she, to him. By the way, she just oh, like she's just completely undercuts him, like on a kind of psychological level yeah. of just going. Yeah, you're just trying yeah. to you're just trying to impress you're just trying to replicate what your dad does. I was like, Jesus, she's going for the drug jugular here. But we, we, she like Vivian Lyra Blair, this mm. young actress who plays her plays young ten year old Leia is, is great. I think she's just yeah charming. The problem with like sometimes with kid actors or kid kid characters is that they can become so the performance can be so annoying. But I don't I don't get that from this version of Leia. Like she, yeah, that's what a ten year old would be like. I think you know the kind of the annoying parts of. Of what she does with her interactions with 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 Ben with Kenobi in, in the in the second second episode, but um, yeah, so we should talk about Riva. We should talk about Moses Ingram's. Yes, yeah. So she's um, basically the big villain so far in these yeah. episodes. Like, but I, mean, I don't know. Like, I think she probably she'll keep that role even with the introduction of of Vader himself, probably yes. from season episode three onward. But she's she's an inquisitor. She's um she's she has this vendetta seeming for whatever reason I don't know why it's mm. hinted at it's 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 more it's deep seated but it it's it, it's kind of explained by the Grand Inquisitor that it's just, you have this ambition to capture Kenobi but I, it seems more personal than that we'll see if that depends out that way I was wondering whether or not because there's a dream sequence where I mean the, like recreating the events of of um, Order sixty six at the um, I like the Jedi school and it just made me think whether or not that that is that there's going to be some element where where she might well have been there as well but I mean oh, what, what, likely, did you, yeah. what did you think of her as I mean like we'll, we'll talk about I suppose more of her as a as a villain as well I mean and from a like, kind of plot perspective and I think this is one of the good things about this show like so we've seen these first two episodes is plot wise 
they haven't overcomplicated it. So in this scenario, it's like a quite a nice, simple setup, I think, where she's got a choice layer of apologising to her cousin, who she's put down, quite rightly, and or going off and having an adventure. And she does go off and have the adventure where... And I'm, it's going to sound strange to describe it, so we'll, we'll say it again. Where she is kidnapped by Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's right. As well. Um, yeah, um, which I was like, okay, now maybe it's just me. The only other time I can remember him acting is Back to the Future 2 and 3, which obviously they, they filmed at the same time. He's the guy who instigates the car crash that causes, um, uh, what is it, Marty McFly in the future to have a, he calls him chicken, doesn't he? Like, And he causes the car crash, which eventually would lead to, to Marty McFly not being able to play guitar or anything else along those lines. So it was great seeing him here. Um, I don't think I guess, like, I guess Henry Rollins is busy. So they got, yeah, <laughs> that feels, yeah, that feels, I feel this is a role. This is kind of a role that they would be offered to Henry Rollins. Yeah. First, it really you know, would be, wouldn't it? It would have so. been. And I love that idea of casting kind of like random musical figures in uh, in some of these. I've got a soft spot for Henry Rollins' bizarre, well, it seems somewhat inexplicable sort of appearance in Heat. It just seems like, why is he there? But what we realise in this, and you mentioned about Reva, is that effectively the, you know, because Flea kidnaps her, is that Reva is behind this. Mm-hmm. And it's not about capturing you know trying to capture Leah or gone it's about trying to like basically drive obi-wan kenobi out of um out of hiding right then to which he finds out about it when he is um given a hologram from um bail or gunner and brejo who say that she's been been kidnapped and he says he can't help that his duty is actually to luke so it appears to have, he seems to have embraced the Sophie's choice scenario of what happens here and said, Oh no, I've chosen the one I'm sticking with. And, and there's nothing that's going to make you kind of change away from that. Um, which then, sorry, I'm going through some, uh, some of the other plots in here, the way that the episode kind of finishes up episode one is Bale visits him um, kind of um, directly. He, he goes yeah. there. To tattooing to, to to see him and uh and and implore him like i i i, I like the exchange in with the hologram He's yes like saying, just hire hire somebody hire a bounty hunter to do it and i i like this idea that the like bounty hunters don't just bounty hunt they're basically they're mercenaries yeah they do a lot of different things they they, they do assassinations they, they 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 hunt bounties but they're also like bodyguards they can act one thing i loved about the clone wars is like this expansion mm. of of bounty hunters of like oh the lore and like so many great bounty hunters came from the clone wars including of course cad bane yes such a wonderful character but there's a bounty hunter by the name of embo that comes from the clone wars that's great but in, and you expand on some of the bounty hunters the classic bounty hunters from the from empire strikes back like like bosk bosk is awesome Mm. He's the he's the Trandoshan, which is a lizard species in Star Wars. Yep. He's awesome in, in 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 Clone Wars. Like his his brief appearances in there, and like uh, and then we have young Boba Fett in in the Clone Wars as well. And then like, but I I I love bounty hunters. I I think outside of Jedi, oh. it's like I I really like am drawn to the bounty hunters in, in the Star Wars. It's like if I was going to be a Star Wars character, I'd even want to be a Jedi or I'd want to be a bounty hunter. <laughs> These are the coolest. 
and this is when we're going back to the idea of um like when we were kids as well like it's that idea that like Boba Fett, a character who, in theory, should no way have had any of all of these spin-offs. But he did, and I think it's the idea of, like, this is a bounty hunter, and he looks different to everybody else, and he's still cool. And I think what I loved about the Clone Wars in particular was, was that expansion of it. My favourite ever episode, you know, to throw out a recommendation on that front, is The Box. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Which I want to say is that season four of uh, The I Clone? I can't exactly remember, but it's, it's a very Obi-Wan centric yes um episode with with cat bane and other bounty hunters in it and yeah and um it's great yeah it's the box is a really great episode star wars meets and i'm trying to think of the name um Cube? it was like uh oh it's it's not i'm thinking of of it was a it was a low budget um, I want to say it's a Canadian science fiction film. Oh, Cube. You're talking about Cube. Cube. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned, you said Cube. I thought you said June there for a second. Yeah, it's Star Wars meets Cube. Yeah. Without somebody getting chopped into a thousand little bits for a, like a, an invisible cheese grater. Well, that, is, we, we didn't see that, but it probably happened. Probably did. <laughs> you know? And the concept, the, the story of this this episode of, of the Clone Wars. But um, but yeah, I, I like that throw in line. Hire a bounty hunter. Because yeah. they did these things. You know, it's like there's a lot of very talented bounty hunters out there you know who who are roaming the galaxy you know doing you know like i i like to think there's like a john wick type of bounty hunter out there you know like you know like well both it i guess but you know but like another one that's not armored up you know with mandalorian armor and stuff like that but i was getting a very john wick vibe particularly in the second episode um as well at points and i was thinking to myself i could see a situation where obi-wan is being hunted by like a million and one um bounty hunters which appears to be the plot of bullet train as well coming out this summer the the, the brand pit film which looks... i've never been on a bullet train that's depicted in that trailer by the way i just want no. to say i've been on like at least three different types of bullet trains i've never been on a bullet train that looks like listen and there's like no car that I know of that that looks like the one that Brad Pitt is on in that train. I just want to Jesus, throw that out no. there. How much are tickets for that? It's just like obscene, obscenely nice. I mean, so round trip back. from from mm -hmm. where I lived in Numazu to to go to to Tokyo Tokyo Station uh, would be about round trip is about like a hundred dollars. Is that 100, 100 Canadians? So we're probably talking sort of fifty. So like in, in yen, in yen, it would be like you know, it was like eighty eight. Eight, you know, eight eight thousand yen. So you know, about eighty bucks. So it's still but, cheaper like, convert, and better convert. than UK trains, mate. Oh, I got the 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 bullet train, the Shinkansen. Yeah. What an awesome experience! I I fucking miss that. <laughs> Let me tell you, I really do. Yeah. Are, the, are the trains not like that in Toronto? <laughs> no, no. We our our transit system is fucking shit here. The TTC can kiss my ass. It's so fucking horrible. And we don't have any kind of national, like Via Rail, it's like the national one. It sucks. It's so expensive and it's shit. And then, you know, the GO Train's okay. That's like kind of within yeah. going from different city to city within the province of Ontario. But no, our our, our rail system is, is, is horrid. <laughs> By well, Canadian I standards, it's, it's terrible. Compared to Japan, it's just embarrassing. Oh, I think everywhere compared with Japan. I mean, it also says it France as well, like the SNCF. I mean, when I went to Mexico City, they had a better railway system because it was based on the the French um, railway system than they had in the UK. Um, and I would, I, I don't know in the hold my beer selection where the US and Canada 
would uh, sorry the uk and canada would end up with like well i hear montreal has a very has a very nice rail system from my understanding is montreal has a very very much yeah. better than toronto like Quebec's so limited miles away though isn't it that'd be like a uh, time, like five five hour drive i think it's been a while since i've been to Quebec. in, in this country that'd get you near scotland like it would be a that's a london to scotland ride on there um to go back onto the end of this on the end of this first episode um yeah. which eventually jimmy smith god love him does manage uh bail organa does manage to convince obi-wan that he needs to come back he ends up going out into the um goes out into the sands digs up an yes. old memory and it's a box that contains his and anakin's lightsabers yes and then he boards a ship to leave tatooine Yes. And he's what is the line he uses? Like one more, one more adventure, old friend. One, one last like adventure, I think. One yes. last adventure. Yeah. Which he's wrong on because he, as we know, as an older man, he has one. He has like an even yeah. a second last adventure. This is second penultimate final adventure, as well. But I, I assume there's a lot of things that he does yeah. that we don't know about, but in between the end of this series and 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 New Hope, because like he's how old is Obi Wan now in this? He's in his late forties, maybe. Yeah. And how old is so? Or he's in his fifties, so he's about sixty when he's yeah. Al Guinness in A New Hope, right? People will say that it doesn't necessarily match. But it's like, listen, you live in the desert for twenty years. I think you're going to age a lot more, oh, you God, know, yeah. than if you lived in like fucking in a fucking Alderaan. Like if, if you're living in the desert, you're aging like John Tenter. That's what it is to throw yeah. another wrestling one in there. You're gonna your look skin's old. gonna get weathered, your hair is gonna get lighter. You know, like go grayer probably quicker. Who I think that you know, especially if you're white, and not like native to the to, to desert climate. You're you know, like you're 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 just gonna look older more than like if you if you grew up on if you're if you're hiding out on like in fucking Cor on Coruscant or Alderaan or some other nicer planet than than Tatooine. Oh, yeah. So yeah. But yeah, he's he's going. We see a nice little shot, like samurai style shot of him. The, the lightsaber is attached to his to is tucked in his belt, and he's gonna. He's and I love Obi Wan's design of his lightsaber, and this is the, yeah. the lightsaber that he will use in A New Hope, and uh, that Luke bases his lightsaber on in Return of the Jedi when he develops his lightsaber. He when he loses his father's lightsaber, which we see mm. in in this box, um, and that. He uses in Empire Strikes Back is his father's lightsaber, but he loses that along with his hand. So, like by Return of the Jedi, he has constructed his own lightsaber, and it's I just a really great nod. It's based on the the hilt design. It's not the same exact same. Like Luke's mm -hmm. is different, but it's based on the hilt design of Obi Wan's uh, lightsaber with the the way the emitter, the lightsaber emitter is is shaped. And I just think that's a great touch, and and I love this design. Of lightsabers like if i was gonna buy replica like there's like maybe about four types of lightsabers i would want to own if i was mm. buying into if i had the money to buy a replica I, they're really very expensive but like Obi i've seen them in forbidden planet in london and yeah. it's just they're, they're just obscenely priced but then one is one is obi-wan's and and luke's like you know maybe those two also like uh count dooku's curved lightsaber held is yeah fantastic but fantastic design and 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 maybe the dark saber the the one used in the mandalorian so that's a great oh, design yeah. too so but yeah i guess that's episode one we we have young leia we we get a glimpse 
brief glimpse of, of young Luke being very much like his father and this like sends pangs of like, you know, memories through through Obi-Wan. It's like, oh, he's just like Anakin is. And then we, we have great appearance from from uh, Owen Lars, played by Joel Edgerton. I'm hoping we get more Owen Lars in, in Fever. And Owen Lars has a great line. Like where he says, he must be trained. And he's like, you mean like he trains his father? And that just cuts yeah. deep to, to Obi-Wan. It's like, he, he's like, like, he knows. Like he knows, I think he doesn't know that, that Anakin, like Owen Lars does not know that Anakin became a, a Sith. He yeah. doesn't know, he, like he turned to the dark side. I think he just said he, he was killed. And I'm trying to protect his son from whoever, like the Empire, because they would want his son because he's he's going to be powerful in the force as well like his father was so and that 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 actually leads us to i guess one of the big big moments in in episode two because like mm. you know obi-wan knows anakin skywalker became someone named darth vader but he does not know what happened to darth vader after after the events of the after the battle on mustafar so yeah but we'll get to that that moment i suppose as we recap episode two that's right. Which of which most of which is um, set on the the planet of uh, Dayu, where uh, AKA they... Hong Kong. <laughs> I was going to say that is exactly where this has been based upon. There was that part of me that was thinking, this is like me thinking. I was thinking of of John Wick and, and the amount of like kind of almost like derivative kind of action films. I was thinking of um, Hawkeye when he is in i'm trying to think because we we obviously reviewed uh i was on an episode that we were reviewing hawko when he's in um what was the name of the assassin uh the the kind of avenging assassin that he became oh the ronin the ronin the sequence there i i'm kind of filled it's and this is where i'm probably getting into my my job where in terms of when i have students do 3d models of towns and scenes Everything is influenced by Hong Kong or Tokyo to the point where it can drive you kind right. of berserk. And Dayu is very much falling into the, the the kind of Hong Kong, very neon. If you were told this is LA in 2019. I, like, I, I think it, it resembles Runner, it, like I think it it, it it resembbles Hong Kong more than it does Tokyo. Like, yeah. There is kind of like grittiness to, to Hong Kong in Hong Kong films like, as opposed to, to Tokyo, right? Mm. That you see the way Tokyo is Tokyo is very much portrayed as being futuristic whereas i think hong kong is very much portrayed as being very gritty and and kind of like old in my yeah. just in my my opinion where whereas you think of one car y films everything is like on top of each other there's like an yeah, endless yeah. kind of movement to it or like john john woo films as well yeah. or anything by Choi hark um one other thing i want to say is like you mentioned blade runner like los angeles blade runner is very much on on display in, in attack of the clones Coruscant is oh, basically yeah. George Lucas saying, you know what? I love, I bet he loves Blade Runner. And he says, Coruscant is Los Angeles of Blade Runner because there's so many imagery, so much imagery of, Cor of like a Blade Runner's Los Angeles in, in, in Coruscant, you know, like the buildings, the city buildings to like the industrial, like where they're doing the chase. And it's like, you see all these flames come out of the industrial area of Coruscant. It's, it's a, fantastic homage and again it goes back to like this idea that george is like influenced by other films and, and he's he's like you know what? i'm gonna this is my homage to, to really scott's blade runner is, is, is coruscant so it still forms so much of the template of everything we see in science fiction i mean to say like and again you're talking like films that blew me away this is a conversation for another hopefully i'll tell you what to get into blade runner um 
20, uh, the first and 2049 at some point would be great. But it's that it's that idea that the, like it's the sort of genesis of of everything. And, and 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 I love the opening of this episode. Like I think there's a really there's a couple of really lovely little like there's a lovely Tamura Morrison cameo as mm. like sort of a down and out clone trooper. Yeah, um, so that's great. It's like so the the clone troopers are basically if you watch the Bad Batch, it's it's really clear. Mainly, it's budget thing, right? It's a budget thing. They're they're yeah. like, we can't afford. We don't want to pay the Kaminoans to to make us clone troopers anymore. The war is over. We're just gonna go with recruiting stormtroopers, and and we're gonna make the armor, you know, less expensive and less not as good as clone trooper armor and and all this stuff. And we see an abandoned war veteran mm. played by Tamur Morrison, who is you know Django Fett. AKA Boba Fett, but he's also the template of all the clone troopers yeah. in, in the clone wars. So this is awesome. Like, and he's, he, and he's wearing, he's wearing the armor of the 501st Legion, which is like the, the, the battalion commanded by, by Anakin Skywalker in the clone wars and led by, and commanded by Captain Rex, who is a great, oh, I was, great oh. character. My, so, like, my son was obsessed with, sorry, to, my son was obsessed with Captain Rex as a kid. I would, you couldn't, even buying his Lego, I would have to go onto eBay to buy the little stickers that we could put on so he made him look like Captain Rex. Captain Rex was like the Henry's man. Henry's a great character. Oh, Just a great, awesome great character. character. Um, so Tamar Morrison's, you know, clone trooper in this is wearing the, 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 the colors of the 501st Battalion mm. of the clone troopers. The 501st then becomes... The, the the shock the, the stormtrooper battalion of personal stormtrooper battalion of of Darth Vader mm. and they're called the Fist of Vader in in the in the EU. Um, I assume I'm just gonna think that they're still called that, you know, in, in in this canon. So so to see that and then he's you know he's all like abandoned. He's just like begging for money on the streets of Dayu. Is like what? A and then just Obi Wan looks at him as just like sadness because he fought alongside. You know, the 501st, he fought alongside clone troopers that wore this armor. But he had his own baton led by Commander Cody, which is, the name is a nod to, like, an old Republic serial, by the way. Like, when this, one of these black and white things that, where the guy's wearing a dodgy helmet and fucking backpack. You know, that, I, I, and again, this goes back to George's love of, of Flash Gordon and, and, like, those Republic serials that have all those wipe cuts and things that influenced his, his style of editing. In, in, in the Star Wars films. And the, the, what I love is like when directors bring that back, those flourishes back to like anything. It's like, oh, let's do a white cut. Let's do like a diagonal cut and to transition from the scene to the other instead of just, you know, regular cuts. We see, you know, a lot of directors just do regular cuts. But when, when someone uses a, a white cut, I go nuts. I love white <laughs> cuts in, in anything related to, to, to Star <laughs> Wars. But yeah, the on Dayu, on, in, in this, this, this plan that's based on, I feel like cinematic Hong Kong yeah. is in, and we see, you know, tomorrow Morrison, I'm sure is like, Hey, can you, do you want to play down on his luck? Storm clone trooper. He's like, yes, I would love to do that. And while we're here, it's not, it's okay. There's like a couple of strange run-ins he has with people. Is there someone trying to sell him drugs? I don't know if that was just the impression I got or whether or not I've got that bad. Yes. Uh, like spice. Like, like spice. this is a great Easter egg. Cause like they talk about spice. Oh. Which is not like the spice of it's kind of based on the spice of Dune, right? In the yep. Frank Herbert novels, but which is or in this country a legal high that is rife throughout prisons. But that's another story for another time. 
Um, so they talk about glitter stem. They talk about a third one. I can't remember the name, but they also talk about Kessel spice, which is like, you know, the, the famous reference reference to like, of course, the original star Wars films. And then like in, in, in the Han Solo uh, solo film is a big part of it. And like spice is the drug is basically cocaine of star Wars. Right. So, um, so someone's trying to sell him like spice, they'll say some cocaine. And they, they say, you know what? You know, and he's talking to this this like speed dealer. It's for this, free, mate. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's like the wire. Don't know any like dealers who've ever done that. No, it's like it's the wire. wire. It's like the wire. We're like, we're gonna put out all this free product, and then we're gonna they're gonna just buy it from us, like for whatever price we set, because we're gonna get them hooked on this shit. It's it's like it's also the plot of like fucking Live and Let Die, where where Doctor Kanaga <laughs> is like, I'm gonna flood the streets of America with free heroin. Is super addict, more addictive than normal, and they're just gonna buy it for me. And it's like, I, I, that's a great, that's just a great fucking movie. Living like that, oh. I love Living like that. So, a great theme song by Paul McCartney and Wings. But I was gonna say, and it's the first Roger Moore film as well, bringing background yeah. to that. Like, and yeah. it's, it is awesome. Bond meets black exploitation, crazy. It's great. It is, it is great. So yeah, he meets this young drug dealer. She just gives him a free sample. Of, you come back to me. But it's not. It, it's 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 actually kind of harkens back to a scene in, in uh, in Attack of the Clones where he's looking for Zam Wessel, the the bounty hunter who tries to kill Padme, and they end up in this bar on, on Coruscant, and there's a guy who tries to sell him death sticks, which are basically I guess like another form of narcotic, and he says you don't want to sell this, you want to rethink your life. I think that character, the yes. actor who plays that character, is the one of the hacker characters. From the first Matrix film, the young kid, I think. I'm pretty sure that that's oh. the same, same actor. I think his yeah. name is Mouse. I think in, in his character's name is Mouse in the first Matrix film. That's the same actor who plays the Death Stick dealer in in Attack of the Clones. So, and here's the thing: you don't want to be that character. If you're an actor, you don't want to be that character necessarily. You want to be. Oh, can I be? A, can I have a lightsaber or be a bounty hunter or or something more? You know. You know, so but can I just tell you? I just watched. You know, I just watched for the first time. Dread, Go on. great, great film. And I did not realize that the the hacker character in that is Dom Hall Gleason. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's Dom Hall Gleason, General Hux. Are you talking about Dread? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Dread is one of my favorite. At the time, there was a big thing about the raid, wasn't it? They were saying, "Oh, it's copy," and it was just a, it was a coincidence. One of those things where yeah. the two films were in production, obviously different parts of the world. It's kind of in hindsight, it seems somewhat strange that the raid would be the film that kind of went on. But like, oh yeah, Donald Gleason, and that is, yeah, oh, he's superb. It's great, you know, Carbon. I got Carbon has to do Star Wars. He's, oh yeah, he's done Star Trek. Not the, not the good Star Trek, but he's done Star Trek. Good, good Dr. McCoy. As a he's little... The Boys, he's done Dread. Like, I oh, yeah. can't remember if he's done Marvel yet, but he's got to do Star Wars at some point. I'll tell you he what has he has done. done. He's done Thor Ragnarok. Oh, hasn't he? He's the executioner. He's in... Yes, he is. He's the executioner. Um, so he needs Star Wars to get complete his bucket list. Oh, he oh he absolutely does as well. And 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 one of the things I always hope for because they've Rebellion Games is based in Oxford, where where I live, and they've built their own film studios. 
And one of the things that's always touted around here is that there's going to be, that's where Mega City One is going to be made and they're going to make it independently and then try and sell it off to a Netflix or mm. or a, a, a large streaming service as well. And I'm always just like, please get Carl up. Like, come on. Like, there's a, there's a whole load of stuff that would be absolutely fascinating for that as well. But getting back on onto Obi-Wan, we meet, I don't know, you say, we meet Camille Nanjani, yes, who I is... Know who is playing Haja, Haja Estri, who, like, basically, Obi-Wan asks if he can meet a Jedi. There's a child who says, yeah, I'll bring you along to meet a Jedi. And what ends up meeting is a is a con man um, who is... It's very much set up like he's a medium of sorts. Like, it's right. it's almost that kind of, like, the way that the, the trick is set up. And he's using magnets and the like as well. Um, of which, obviously... He gets completely found out by um, by Obi Wan as well, and basically forces um, Haja into helping him find Leia. Yeah. Um, what did you think about this? I thought, I mean, I know that for it's really strange for me to see Camille Nanjiani like within the space of a year. He's in Star Wars. He's in Eternals. Like, yes, he's become jacked to all sin. Which, when I remember, like first of all, really being aware of him in Silicon Valley. Which was on 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 uh, on HBO. I'm like kind of. It's like an it's a remarkable transformation. I don't think he's got any complaints for his career. But I I thought this was really fun. Like I, I thought this was like a kind of a really it's, good it's, fun sequence. It adds levity to like yeah. otherwise a kind of a dark story because it's like a child's been kidnapped. You have like these you know inquisitors hunting Obi Wan. They're gonna tear him over to Vader. Like Vader and Vader's shadow is always looming in this. Because there's always they're always referring to like they ref, refer to mm. him and they're talking about Vader, talking about their master, and we haven't you know we'll get to the reveal, but yeah, I thought I thought Hodges was a very fun character, and and you know it, it, he has depths because like he knows like we find out he knows who Obi Wan is. He's like yeah. he calls him by his his real name. He doesn't call him kind of Ben, and he didn't tell him his name. He knows you're Ben Kenobi. You're Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. And like, I, there's the, the, the part where like Reva sends out this alert, like, like in John Wick uh, three, I think it's John Wick three where, yeah. you know, like the bounty goes out on John Wick, the bounty goes planet wide on, on, uh, on Obi-Wan here. with like his hologram and stuff like that. So maybe he knows anything there, but like he, when he talks, when he refers to him as Obi-Wan, it sounds like he knows who Obi-Wan is. Mm. And so like, there's some kind of, and he's going to send him to meet some mysterious people that we don't know who he's talking I don't know who he's talking about. So I'm looking forward to finding out who these people are that Obi-Wan and, and Leia are going to write with. But I think the highlight of this episode is the interactions and the meeting of Le of young Leia and, and Ben Kenobi. She, she, yep. she's, you know, she was very resourceful, very resourceful young, young girl. She, 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 you know, hits him in the stomach with some kind of, uh, you know, cudgel or something like that. And then he's like, no, I'm, I'm your father sent me. I don't believe you. Da, da, da. And then this is where slowly, but surely he's like, oh my God, she's just like Padme. She, she reminds me of Padme. And I just think those are wonderful moments like between Leia and, 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 and Obi-Wan here. And it's, and she's like, I don't believe you're a Jedi. Make me float. I want to float. He's like, I'm not going to make you float. I can't reveal my powers here and, and, and things like that. So that's just, I thought, the, the driving force of this episode. And what I really enjoyed yeah. was, like, two characters you never see interact in in anything before. And they're interacting for the first time on yeah. screen. 
in, in, in this episode. And yeah, it's it's not it's not Carrie Fisher's Leia, of course. It's not Alagans's or but it it's 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 Leia and it's it's Obi Wan and it's like oh god, this is so great. And it's adding depths and layers to it all as well. And it kind of is it's and I think that's the, really the overall success of the two episodes is it is it's is there is that kind of like that reward. There is that fan service it plays by kind of having that kind of interaction, which I always found myself kind of gripped by uh, uh, as well. And there's a really good, like in terms of the sequence that sets up Obi-Wan coming in and and, um, and rescuing her as well. Uh, he goes into a drug, basically a yeah. drug, drug den fac factory, which is, I think is like, that's really interesting to see in the Star Wars property. <laughs> it is. Like it's very sort of shades of Robocop. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, that's right. The like drug busting, yeah. But except there's there's no Clarence Bodica, um, alas, on there. But it's also like I mean, you know, finds her, but also she doesn't believe it's him. Like she has, like she doesn't believe that that he's a Jedi at all, yeah. and and has which you kind of want that. Like it would be odd if she'd kind of completely gone along there. So there's that bit of kind of tension as well and then later on in the episode when she does escape and she's falling and he manages to save her from hitting the ground using the force like and it you know as you said a second ago you can't give away his powers but the idea like that that is the thing that ultimately ends up convincing her but there's a really good like dynamic between them as well and and, and everything he's doing but there's also we get so much more of it in terms of the dynamic of reaver who yeah. is directly going against what the grand inquisitor wants and the and, other inquisitors because like you know yeah. kang's inquisitor it's like you're too ambitious you're reckless it it, it it's very comfortable you were the lowest among us is what he says as yeah. well isn't he yeah yeah and you know which adds to her her backstory i suppose i my guess is like those so those inquisitors were former jedi yeah and she's not she was like recruited as just a corner like as a kid to like okay you have you show force powers you have ability in the fourth we're gonna recruit you into like and maybe she came from a very poor background like from poverty yeah. or something like that so so this might like explain her her ambition to over like to go against the wishes of the inquisitors especially her boss and the grand inquisitor because it's very much into that she wants to gain favor with vader yeah. like she you would assume that she wants to become the apprentice of of darth vader and like in like she maybe she senses and she knows He's Anakin Skywalker. Like, do they all know he's Anakin? He was Anakin Skywalker, or did she guess this? You know, like she seems she's a very resourceful, intelligent person. So yeah. she makes a lot of inferences. She 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 she, she makes a, the, the link between Bail Organa and Obi Wan, and that's how she why she enacts a plot to kidnap Leia to draw Obi Wan out of out of hiding to to the planet of Dayu. And so she's really resourceful and intelligent. So like maybe she's worked it out. Because it's not an open secret. Like it's 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 not very few people know. It's like of course Palpatine knows and Grandma Tarkin knows, but maybe that's it. Like none of the stormtroopers would know that he was Anakin Skywalker because they, you know, because the Jedi were evil. So if they, oh, you're you're the hero, the hero of the Clone Wars, the Jedi hero, Anakin Skywalker. But now you're Darth Vader. You're like so, I think they keep it a secret for the most part. But she she seemingly has figured it out, and she this and it's a great scene where she reveals to Obi Wan. They don't fight, but she's talking to him. She says, "Oh yeah, he's still alive," and this just drains the color out of Obi Wan's face, which is a great scene from from Hugh McGregor here. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, he's alive." 
you did like how, how would he know like he's on tatooine like as a fishmonger essentially there is those couple of moments as well from like where they where they and this is what i think from a directorial perspective that is interesting about these two episodes deborah chow who is a, like kind of a veteran of tv um from the Mandalorian, know, yeah fellow fellow uh torontonian is right. that the right phrase um Antonio, yes torontonian which sounds very very posh um and not, you know uh, and she's di she died yeah like say directed the mandalorian as well but i think there's some very interesting like kind of directorial um choices here so, and particularly she uses that kind of like almost close-up of um of Obi-Wan's face, like of Ewan McGregor, of just kind of gaining that kind of level of a, of emotion, which they really managed to pick up on, I think, uh, um, excellently uh, as well. Um, and it's, it's like you mentioned there in terms of the, the sequence where, she, you know, you know, talks about, um, uh, about Anakin still being alive. And then we see the grand inquisitor come back in yeah, and, and effectively give Obi-Wan a, a, a chance to escape and Reva here. And I have to admit, it was like the first of the shocks appears to kill him. Yes. <laughs> which, which shocked me because I'm like, wait, wait, this is, is this the same character that's in rebels, which is set about, you know, six, six years later, because the grand inquisitor is one of, is probably the main, you know, villain mm. driving force of, of rebels in the first season of rebels, which, and they look the same. So I don't know. Does he? Sur I guess he survives. Like you can, yeah. you can survive being stabbed by a lightsaber. It's well, it's if Darth Maul can survive survive being cut in half, that's right, and ending up going mad on a on a junk planet in uh, in the Clone Wars, then you can you can have this as well. Was the lightsaber she had Darth Maul's as well? Because it's a double ended. So what? these are these are like um, lightsabers uh, designed specifically for inquisitors so ah, they can right. spin so they're they're double-edged but they spin the hilt spins in your hand yeah so it's 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 like a circular design so like uh, almost um but the, the the whole idea is that they can spin and that they you know like they they can actually turn them into kind of helicopter propellers sort of as well to help them fly Do you and know what I'm, remind, I'm reminded of that because he uses it he uses it on flea i think the character's name is vect or on what i'm reading yeah he, the, the grand inquisitor does that i'm also reminded by one of the storms in big trouble in little china because i could always remember that as a kid like one of the guys puts their hands up and you can see the the kind of spinning knives that that are used in that and i think any excuse for me to mention big trouble in little china there you go. um it is where it's oh, criminally underrated in there but yes we have um like that's the i suppose the big kind of shock shocking thing from a from a a, a a plot, a plot perspective. You wonder what's going on. I, like I say, I think now it would appear that we also just maybe like Haja comes back. This is where yeah. he helps Obi Wan to escape and gives him like the information. Get on this transport. Like they, they're not. They're, that's not for humans. It's a cargo transport. You can escape with with Leia to meet these people. Mm. Who are they? Teddy first says they. We don't know. Um, I'm I'm assuming this is where like O'Shea Jackson's character is going to come in. Maybe like yeah, you know, who's by you know he's Ice Cube's son. And, and like so he's in this so we haven't seen him yet so like i assume this is where oshi jacks is going to come in, in in this episode but you know the the, the big reveal is that you know obi-wan's on this transfer with leia it's the yeah. end of the episode and he just says anakin and then we cut to anakin skywalker aka darth vader in his back to tank yep and it looks great 
unbelievably scary looking the, the yeah. few seconds that we see exactly and it's a great way to finish up the episodes as well and for those of you um you know when you get a chance to see this, I think the nice thing about these episodes is they're tightly packed. Like the first one is like 56 minutes, but that's really with like a 10 minute period of yeah. like the kind of opening on here. This is excluding the credits, like a really tight 36, 37 minute episode. Yeah. I found like there was a, there was a kind of a, a, a lot packed in here as well. There's, there's not really, there's no fat whatsoever. I think from a, from a plot perspective, it was, if you're doing this double episode and the next one was, is, is out June 1st as well, you know, it's going to be, for me, like, this is what you do. Like, this is the, the, the sort of wonderful hook that they uh, that they left this episode on is that we, we you know, he is now aware that Anakin is back, obviously Darth Vader. We're going to find out more about uh, Reva. But, yeah, what did you think yeah. overall? These two episodes, was, oh, was it as I, good I, as you great. wanted it to be? Do you think, where does this rank in the minute? I mean, it's hard to sell, but where is this? where are you feeling this in terms of the – Disney plus Star Wars content that, that's come out so far. Better than Book of Book of Ofet. Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, I, I have high hopes for this. Like I I think Ian McGregor wouldn't have come back if he didn't, mm. you know, feel like the quality of the scripts was there. And, and he's uh, an executive producer on this as executive well. Producer. So, yeah. It's like it's like, you know, Oscar Isaac doing Moon Knight, like he's an executive producer. Yeah. So he's not gonna do it unless I have some say as like what I'm gonna be working on in terms of material like the writing material so i think you mcgregor is probably the same i think having deborah chow you know be the the the, the director for every episode mm. so it feels like a film it does feel like yeah. a film right so it does um, budget wise it budget -wise. feels oh it, it oh, i think they were always gonna bring out the yeah. money for you mcgregor like in terms of like the production i think i think you know kathleen kennedy's like this is this is what we're gonna like. You come back. This is what we're gonna give you in terms of like your pay, but also like you're gonna be executive producer, so you can get paid that way. But yeah. also, this is the budget we're gonna give the show. You're gonna have. We're not gonna skimp on this. This is gonna look really great, and it does. It comes through on on, on screen. Um, I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see where this goes. Like I am. I am curious to see Hayden Christensen's portrayal of yes. Darth Vader. I don't know. How they're going to do i don't know if they're going to do they're not they're not he's not going to be his voice obviously mm. it's going to be either james earl jones I, is he still alive i don't know do you know christ i wonder this quite often or or they I'm get the person Harold. they get the person who can who does his voice in video games yes they get someone who can and it's easy to to, to do a likeness of darth vader's voice it, it, it's and there's so many people who do it oh but, i think i even peter sarafanowitz who did the famously did the voice of Darth Maul? If you ever see his comedy sketches where he's done like kind of Darth Vader in love, he does a brilliant Darth Vader voice as well. Uh, another uh, he's the uh, he's the, uh, the 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 Somalia in uh, John Wick too, right? That's right. He's the yeah. Somalia. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy as well. But he's, I, he's I, the I, asshole uh, Nova Nova Corps member. Yeah. If you if, a, a wonderful bit, Benedict Wong was also in the Peter Sarafanowicz series. So he plays a rebel who gets killed by Darth Vader, who's doing it to impress effectively what is Lady Darth Vader, who's all in pink. Uh, if you've never seen that sequence, there's a great YouTube clip on there. If you just type in Darth Vader in love, you'll uh, see it. Check it's, that out later. Yeah, but so we, we get, we get like, yeah, the end is, is Vader. So like, I'm curious mm -hmm. how they're going to do the voice. Is it going to be, Hayden Christian's obviously going to be doing the, the physical portrayal in the suit. 
which which is really cool. Like I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, I love like like a lot of people make a meme out of like the no at the end of Revenge of the Sith. I love that whole sequence where he's putting the armor. It's so mm -hmm. horrifying, <clears throat> and you just feel for him. And like it, it's very much it's 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 an homage to like I think the James Whale version of Frankenstein, isn't it? Yeah, right. It's very body horror. There's yeah, a, it's very. But it's very, very much an homage to like the idea of Frankenstein. Yeah, and, and like how like he rises up on the on the gurney is is like from like your classic depiction of, of I think it's James Whale version. It is the, the James, yeah, yeah, with uh, Boris Boris Karloff. It would be Boris Karloff, yeah. Like, Boris Karloff's Frankenstein films like that. I so again, George's like love of cinema comes shines through in in, in Revenge of the Sith with, with that sequence. I I'm very much looking to this because like i think hayden christensen just got the short end of the stick a lot of times with his portrayal of anakin like he listen he was not giving great dialogue to work with. he was giving some really horrible clunky dialogue he also if doesn't he, have an actor's director there as well which no is a and, really and like thing. like think about this and natalie portman is an amazing actor she's yeah. an, one of the best actors of her generation even she could make some of this dialogue work she couldn't make it work she just uh, whatever I'm, I'm i'm getting a paycheck like they're paying me a lot of money like i'm doing the best i can with this for the for the role so he christensen does there's so many great moments of him in the, in the mm -hmm. prequels and attack of the clones and, and revenge of the sith right so i'm excited to see where he can go with an with a director and writers who can give him better material yeah. to work with here so like and I, i'm excited like i think he's kind of been lost you know in, in the ether of acting and this is kind of maybe a comeback for him. I mean, I'm excited to see for for him as well. So, and and Hugh McGregor, I love Hugh McGregor. I've loved him since I first saw him in Train Spotting, and and like all the Danny Boyle films he did. And so, like when he was became Obi Wan Kenobi, I was like, oh my god, that's brilliant! I love it. And then, you know, I, he's one of my favorite actors. So, I, like, I'm so excited to see more of Hugh McGregor as yeah. as as Obi Wan Kenobi. And, and he is he is the driving. He is the the, the consistent quality part of the prequel trilogy is his performance as Obi-Wan Kenobi and his characterization of Obi-Wan is is pretty much where I always draw go back and say they were they're not horrible and if you want a shining light if you want something to get you through the, the bad parts of them just watch Hugh McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi because yeah. he's fantastic yeah I wholeheartedly go along with that with that as well and you know he's a, it's like you mentioned you go back to shallow grave and train spotting and like what a career since then but it's also now you're hopeful on this that he's gonna have there's gonna be a higher quality of script in there as well before we go you have a recommendation for everyone yeah. what, what is your recommendation so i'm gonna recommend a, a book that's part of star wars legends it's not canon but there is so many things if you if you like the character of Obi-Wan kenobi this is a book called kenobi uh it's written by john jackson miller it's basically this series before this series the idea of this series of Kenobi on Tatooine, hiding out as a Jedi, trying to take care of Luke, but like dealing with the fact that people are, he sees people in trouble. He wants to help them. Can he? So, but the, the, the idea is the same. The, 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 the execution is different, but it's not canon anymore, but it's a fun read. I've, I've read this long a while ago and I, I enjoyed this book. So like, if you like the character of Obi-Wan, this is, a, I think a really, Fun book, and we'll have a, a link for it, I guess, in the show description. Yes. And just so people know up front, I, I am in now an Amazon affiliate. So, like, if, if, you, if you if you use the link, I, I I get a little bit of of money thrown to me 
I don't know how much I've just, I just started on this. So like, and it's also links. So if you click on this link and you live in, in the United States, like it's a Canadian link, but if you live in the United States, it will take you to amazon.com. If you live in the UK, it, it will take you to amazon.co.uk. If you live other parts, I, I didn't set up those. So you'll go wherever. And like, if you don't want to use the link, that's fine as well. Just, but Hey, if you want to read the book, read the book. Hey, if you buy it, you get more. What it leads to is, is WH can get to do more content then in that case as, as well. So that's it. That's brilliant. That's us. That's us for the first episode of Hello There. Um, we both have to dive back to work. Um, yes. We're going to have a more regular kind of weekend. So we're going to get to go a bit more into it. Like I know, obviously, for bits of this, I was all over the place. In our own defense, or certainly my defense, this was only on telly a few hours ago from time yes. of recording. So we're going to have this out. We're going to have the, the link on uh, on there later on as well. Um, loads if of there's feedback if people want to, I yes. guess, feedback on the Patreon or yep. leave comments and then just if you have questions, we'll try to try to try to answer them as best as we can. So, yeah, brilliant stuff, right? Fantastic. Yeah. So, I'm excited, I'm excited to do this. And if, if people oh. like it, hey, maybe we'll cover andor we'll we'll go yeah. back to cover some of the movies and, and maybe just, but I, I just want to say, I, I like to keep this title of the show, Hello There. Yeah, as our origin. So that is a when you were, I was struggling, like when you were saying, oh, "What title can we go with?" So Sue said, "Hello there, it works lovely," and uh, it's a deep cut. It is deep cuts, you know. So people yeah. don't know. It's the first line Obi Wan ever says, like in the in 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 Any Hope. He says, "Hello there" to like Arthur, and then it's the great line he gives to General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith, where he just drops down. In, Right in the middle of the droid army, in front of General Grievous, who's like this badass character, who's a super boss in this, you know, and he just says, hello there. I just, I just love it. Anyways. Oh, it's phenomenal. Brilliant. Well, I suppose. Yeah. Until until next time. Until next time. Uh, bye there. Goodbye there. <laughs> Should we do that? Goodbye there. Does that, does that work? Bye there. I, I don't know. Bye there. Goodbye there. Whatever. Bye there. Bye. There. bye. <laughs>